Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Title for today's message is called Good Unity. Good Unity. And a unity is something that maybe, I don't know, doesn't feel like it's preached around that much, but it's very important. Uh, it's very dear to God's heart. Uh, the world talks a lot about unity. Every nation should be united. Every company should be united. Uh, but it's also equally important in Jesus' heart. And the scripture we're going to read in a while, uh, and maybe I'll show you the scripture first, is found in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 17, uh, verse 6 to 23. And this is John's recollection, John's recording of Jesus' prayer. This is what Jesus prayed in secret uh, before He was arrested at the garden and brought to the cross. Many times we think of Jesus praying in the garden, we think of, you know, Him saying, Lord, you know, uh, uh, if, 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 if possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Uh, and then he went back and rebuked the disciples that were sleeping. But, but that was maybe the shortened version. But what he was actually praying, uh, John managed to capture it. Uh, maybe because he wasn't that asleep. Maybe the Holy Spirit gave him inspiration to remember again. Uh, Jesus was actually praying about unity. And you, you got to pay attention because this is one of his last moments, praying and preparing himself before going to the cross. You know that when you're about to go do something that will change all of humanity, the moments before that, you usually try to spend them in, a, in an important way. You try to focus on the important things. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we know this all the time. Uh, from all the movies and all the stories I read, uh, the, the, no, we even have this term, famous last words. And in Hollywood, every time the action hero, before the action hero does something cool or does something important or even sacrifices himself, you know, he'll say something that people keep quoting and quoting and quoting. You know, like, I'll be back. And he'd be like, oh, I'll be back. And then we use it all the time. because it's, it's and, and so this is Jesus. This is Jesus talking about what's really important. So can we read? And, uh, and, and of course, with the title, you know that it's got to do with unity, but, but so much more. And uh, we're going to unpack. We're going to unpack uh, the power of unity and we're going to unpack uh, uh, what we need to be united in Christ about, okay? Uh, so let, let's go. Uh, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours. He's talking about his disciples. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Everybody say word. word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. In other words, Jesus praying to to the Father in heaven, saying that, you know, I have I've been faithful with the disciples they've blessed me with. I have done my best to teach them your word. I have made known to them all that you have given me. All, wow. For I have given to them the words, say words, which you have given me, and they have received them. Wow, praise God. Are we going to be recipients of God's word this morning? I pray that we will. And have known surely that I came forth from you. So there was no doubt that the disciples knew by then who Jesus was. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all mine are yours and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. So Jesus is starting to talk about unity now. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father. Keep 
through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He's talking about the one that would need to sacrifice and, and, and almost betray Jesus. But now I come to you and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Do you know that sometimes when you, when you have God's word living in you, I mean really living in you, uh, there will be pushback from the world. The darkness will try to push back. People will hate you. People will talk down to you. But I want you to know, don't give up. This is common. This is, this is a true mark of a believer. And, and, and just as I am not of the world, they have hated me. Let's go on to the next one. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. So remember that. But that you should keep them from the evil one. So our role is to be in the world, but not of the world. And God will never take us out from the world to protect us. He will keep us in the world, but He will keep us also from, from temptations and the evil one. And they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also sent them into the world. Okay? So this is another thing we got to understand. Jesus is sending us out into the world. And for their sake, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So I know earlier on, it feels like it's Jesus praying for the disciples, but this is actually for us because that's, that's who we are. I get very excited every time I read the Bible and I go, oh, that's me. That's me. Those who will believe in me through their word and the word of their word and they pass on and eventually reach us, you know, in 2019. That they all, say all, may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, everybody say glory. glory. I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me. That the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Now go back, unpack it, read it again and again, because sometimes we need that. Uh, but I want to help us understand. Two things I want to help us understand. Jesus talked about making, God, please make the disciples one. Please make the disciples one. He's talking about unity. Now, we all understand that unity is important. And in the Bible, it clearly lays out there's, there's good unity and there's bad unity. Bad unity is found very early on in Genesis when the people agreed together to build the Tower of Babel. And uh, the Bible says that there was no stopping them. One language under the earth, no stopping them. No technology, no cranes, no machinery. They could build. You know, but that unity was bad because it wasn't for a good intention. It was to uh, prove their, their defiance against God, trying to make themselves like God. And so God had to kind of like separate them and introduce different languages. So, so even, you know, even though it was, it was a punishment, but there was beauty out of it, different languages that today, all languages are able to praise God. That's why every tongue, every tribe, amen? And so that's bad unity. So what is good unity? Good unity, unfortunately, uh, is something that we don't realize. This is what Jesus is preaching. This, Jesus wanted His church to be a manifestation of good unity, powerful unity. The unfortunate thing is, the world we live in today, many times we, we don't really uh, experience unity. 
Uh, and uh, we, we don't experience the, the power of unity. And so as I was preparing uh, this message, I felt God wanted me to do this example, uh, this little uh, back and forth, which I'll do. Uh, and I've, I've done this before. And I usually do it when I'm invited to speak at some uh, inter-church event or uh, inter-college, inter-university, Christian fellowship. And I'll usually start with this, you know, to talk about u- uniting and uh, uniting under Christ. And I always start with telling them, oh, would you shout out you know, the name of your respective universities? Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that for, 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 for fun, okay? So at the count of three, if you are a student, I want you to boldly shout out um, your university. All right. Uh, now, even if, okay, if you are not yet a university student, maybe we have some teenagers here, but you hope to study at a certain place, I want you to boldly declare that by faith. Okay, so shout out Cambridge, Oxford, whatever it is, okay? Uh, now, but for those of us who you go like, oh, I've already, I've already stopped, you know, I've, I've quit, you know, I, I'm not studying anymore. Okay, just shout out where you're working. Is that okay? All right, so where you're working. Okay, the, the name, the name, the brand, okay? Uh, uh, Lloyd's, you know, uh, uh, Deloitte's, I don't know. Uh, and uh, can we do that at the count of three? Okay, universities and workplaces. One, two, three. Okay. Now, now, could anyone really make out anything that was said? Not really, right? Not really. Come on, don't, don't give them a victory. Not really, right? We didn't hear anything. We didn't hear anything. Uh, it sounds, but if, if, if it sounded anything, it sounded messy, right? It sounded messy. Uh, let's try another one, just for fun, because I, I, like, I like church that's alive, okay? Uh, everybody shout out your postcode. Your postcode, oh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe postcode is too long, okay? He knows the NW one. Uh, okay, uh, why don't you shout out the area, the area they live in, all right? So if you go like, Kings Cross, or, you know, not, not just homes, okay? Because I know some of you here stay in two things. So just go like, okay, just... Uh, Alright, can, can we do that? At the count of three, shout out where you stay. Alright, one, two, three. Again, we couldn't really hear it. Couldn't hear it, right? Uh, it sounded like, you know, uh, uh, in, it sounded like Houston Cross. Where's, where's Houston Cross, right? Uh, it, it, sounded, it sounded like, you know, uh, uh, South Kings. South Kings, where's that, you know? Uh, and, uh, you know, because when we all shout, even though we're very proud of where we come from, we're very proud of what we're doing, uh, and we just stand for what we ourselves do. There's, there's no power. There's chaos. There's confusion. There's disorder. But let's do a simple exercise, okay? Uh, let's start with, uh, yeah, right, right now we're meeting in Houston, okay? At a count of three, let's just shout out where we are currently at. One, two, three. Houston. Oh, it's so clear. It's so clear. It's so clear, okay? Uh, can we try it? Can we try it? Uh, right now, we are not just in Houston, but right now, we're in X Church. You know, let's, let's use X for sure, okay? So, at the count of three, can you just shout out where you're at right now, okay? Of course, if you're a proud member of X Church, you can shout it out louder. But, uh, you know, if you're just visiting, just, just whatever, you know? Uh, one, two, three. Oh, very nice. Okay. Okay, let's say that, but without shouting. Just kind of like say it as a statement. You know, where do you go? X, okay, okay? At count of three, one, two, three. Oh, okay. Then let's try one more time, okay? Let's, let's whisper. Let's whisper, okay? One, two, three. Oh, that's quite cool, right? <laughs> it sounds like a secret club. Where do you go to? X. It's like, it's like a, you know, Kelvin Klein, Giorgio Armani. Psst, psst, X. <laughs> but you know what? Hey, there's really one name. There's really one name that is worth shouting out. And you know who he is. Amen. We can stand. I, I want to go into. We can shout where. You no, know, what kind of denomination and groups we come from? But you know that would just create more chaos and, and fracture the church. But 
But let's focus on the one who saved us. Do you know his name? If you don't, we'll introduce you to him at the end of today's service. But if you do, at the count of three, would you cry out the name of your Savior? At the count of three, would you cry out the name of your Lord? Would you, at the count of three, would you cry out the name of your, the lover of your soul? The one who picked up the pieces of your life and made something beautiful out of it. The one who washed you from all sin and set your feet upon the, the rock and who, who gives you a beautiful name and the future. Uh, the one who there is healing in His name. The one who bled for us. The one who died for us. The one who rose from the grave for us so that we one day can see God face to face. Would you shout out His name at the count of three? One, two, three. Amen. Do you see the power of unity? And once now we realize the power of unity, and the Holy Spirit revealed to me, it's so sad that we don't tap into the power of unity. If, if we're all united, even a whisper sends a strong message. Right? Let's just, just whisper the name of Jesus again, okay? That was, that was, that was powerful and victorious. But, but I want you to experience something different now, okay? One, two, three. How many just felt the Holy Spirit right there? Just, just, you just felt, you felt, the, felt the goosebumps. You see, the name of Jesus is power. And if we're united, you see, the, the power, there's power in the name of Jesus. But there's even more power when there's unity in the name of Jesus. You see, there's even more power when we, 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 we understand true unity and we connect that unity. Do you know that unity is neutral? That's right, earlier on I said that the first mention of unity in the Bible was actually bad. You know, they, 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 they united and they built something against God and God had to stop that. Uh, unity itself is, is like creativity, it's neutral. You can use it to honour God, you can use it to, 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 you know, make yourself rich or famous. Unity, you can use it to honour God, you can use it to, you know, popularise yourself. So when you tap good unity into the things of God, there's so much power. And this is something that as Christians, we've got to learn. There is power in good unity. But what are we uniting under? For far too long, many times, Christians, we unite under the name of denominations. And that, that's not helpful. We unite under the name of preference. Uh, and that's not helpful. You know, you, you, you unite. You know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's funny. Uh, years ago when I was uh, worship leading in, in Acts Church in Malaysia, uh, I, was, I was just worship leading, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, we, we prayerfully choose the songs and we just worship led. And at the end of the service, you know, we had, uh, there was like three, four, five new people. They were all new, first time coming to church. And they, they came and they, 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 they ran to the front and, and like, you know, I'm not like a good worship leader, you know, uh, but they go like, oh, wow, thank you so much. You know, wow, no, this morning session is so powerful. I'll be like, oh, okay, thank you. And then they follow up by saying this, please, I can't, you know, this is a true story, please, sing more of Hillsong. And, and nothing wrong, nothing wrong, you know, we are all blessed by Hillsong. But, but then they tell me, I'm like, oh, oh, sing more of Hillsong, okay. <laughs> and then I later found out that this group of people have been hopping from church to church because the church that they were with at that time didn't want to sing songs from Hillsong, so they went to another... So you see, they were united, but the unity caused them to left their church, and that unity caused them to chase after, not Jesus, but a brand name, which is sad, which is sad, because when I look at that, that's, that's untapped and wasted potential, right? Uh, and so, we're going to attach good unity, powerful unity, like what we just experienced with the things of God. So let's go back now to at least three things that God wants us to be united 
And when I say united, I, I don't mean get along. You know, when we talk about unity now, we talk about like, oh, uh, we want to get along. You know, we hope to get along with each other. Unity is much more than just getting along. Unity is intentional. And I'll go into that in a while. But the first thing, and I made us repeat this a few times, the first thing, we got to be united. we got to endeavour more than before to be at one with God's Word. That's what Jesus prayed. Make them one, one with your Word, which I gave them. Let them not forget my Word. No, that word, word, I kept getting us to repeat, word. And so, Jesus prayed about unity. And sometimes you go, oh no, the church should be together. No, 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 yes. But together to do what? Together, word. And not just, let's come together to do more Bible study. No, 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 no. But personally, who, who, who was Jesus praying for? Every one of the disciples. And everyone who will believe through them. Everyone will be at one with God's word. Let's ask ourselves, are you at one with God's Word? I know we read it, but are you at one with it? Or maybe let's start with, are you reading it? You know, there's this statistic that I just want to share with you. Is that okay? Um, I found this on the internet, and uh, I think it's, it's true, even though we shouldn't believe everything we read on the internet. Um, but it says this, how long does it take to read your Bible? It takes just... 70 hours and 40 minutes to read the Bible from cover to cover at pulpit rate and allowed. Pulpit rate means that you read it like how we just read it this morning. You know, from a pulpit, you know, out loud, slowly. 70 hours. Seven zero hours. All right, you do the math. How many days, okay? It takes only 52 hours and 20 minutes to read the entire Old Testament and 18 hours and 20 minutes to read the New Testament. The longest book in the Bible, Psalms, will take you 4 hours and 28 minutes if you read it out loud. It takes 2 hours and 43 minutes to finish reading the book of Luke or the Gospel of Luke. So technically, and the, all the math degree people can check me on this, one could read the Bible through in a year by reading less than 12 minutes a day. How many of us spend 12 minutes a day reading the Word of God? I mean, are we at one? Do, 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 do you understand the power of unity? Can you imagine? Earlier on, we were just shouting out, no, Jesus, Acts, Houston. But can you imagine when you are in unity with the Word of God? Even a whisper out of your life. Even a, a whispered prayer out of your life, in your workplace, in your house, will carry so much power. Can I guilt trip us a little bit more? So if it takes 12 minutes a day to read the Bible uh, in one year, one can read the Bible comfortably four times a year by just reading it 48 minutes a day. So if you read the Bible, if you just go, you know what, I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to read 48 minutes a day. I know that's a lot, but let's start there first. I can finish reading the Bible four times in one year. If you say that, I'm going to spend half an hour with, with reading the Word of God, you, 
you can at least do more than twice. Okay? Here's, here's the guilt trip, okay? Do you know what is the latest statistics for social media consumption every day? And this is not UK, so you don't have to feel bad. It's the world. On average, every person spends two hours and 15 minutes scrolling, just scrolling. Instagram, Twitter, social media. Not, not emails, you know, because I know work, yeah. YouTube, work, yeah, I understand, yeah. <laughs> Some of us, we binge watch, you know, entire seasons of movies and, and series in one night. And yet, are we really one with the Word of God? And could it be that's why there's no testimony? Could it be that that's why there's not enough proof? I believe that if more believers walking around united, united with the Word of God, there's going to be more people believing. More people. Because, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so what are you speaking? What's in your heart? What's in your heart? That's up to you. If, if you're only filling your heart with the latest football scores all the time, then what comes out will only just be football talk. But football talk doesn't change lives. Okay, don't get technical with me. Yes, it changed lives. Sports is good. It's healthy. It builds the nation. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Unity. I pray that we would check ourselves and go like, God, if you spend your final hours praying for unity, unity with your word, then what am I doing? And I'm not asking us to like go deep. I, I believe the Word of God is supernatural. I believe the Word of God is living. I believe this is the breath of God. That's why it can be translated to any language and still be a blessing. And it can be in Braille and still be a blessing to those who read Braille. A, a child can read it and be blessed. An old person can read it and be blessed. You can read it shallow and be blessed. You can read it deep and be blessed. But read it. Be united with it. Be at one with it. Are we able to say that I, I know my Bible so well that I'm at one? Second thing that God wanted His people to be united was with His vision. God's vision for church was that people are united. That people remain. That they were not just united, but they were one together. And, you know, I can't help but think that, wow, you know, there are many churches in the UK, many churches in, in this city, but can you imagine if all of us just focus on being one, truly, truly being one? I, I know a lot of people have been very gracious to say that, wow, I love Acts Church, the fellowship is great, people are really friendly and I feel really connected. This is where I found my community and praise God for that. I thank God every day because we are creating one aspect of that unity. But I believe that church is so much more than just a community for people to just come and, 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 and be loved on the inside. I believe that as a church, we can take God's love outside. But you see, for the church to be one, it means that not just one with each other, but one with God's vision. Not your vision of church. Because we all have different vision of what we think church should be. Right? Oh, no. Uh, there's, there's too much light. Oh, there's not enough lights. You know, whatever. Right? It's too loud, you know. How come there's only one services? Whatever. But we got a, God's vision for His church is, is to, to be an agent of transformation. 
to, 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 to share the gospel. You know, yesterday, we were, of course, visiting, uh, at, and we were, the wedding that we attended was in Nottingham, and, and it was at the church, and got to talk to some of the church members and church leaders there, and uh, I'm so blessed to hear of what they're doing. You know, they say, oh, we run three services on a Sunday. I'll be like, wow, Jesus, I claim that in Jesus' name. One day I'll get there. One day I'll get there. You know, one day we'll get there. As I'm saying that, some of you are speaking against that. Oh, may we never get there. You know, what's this pastor thinking? Three services a day? You think what, all of us are full-time? Well, we're all full-time Christians, aren't we? Uh, and so, and then they mentioned, oh, but on top of that, we have a service on Wednesday. And I'll be like, oh, Wednesday service? Like, is it a midweek service? Is it at night? No, no, it's during the day. Uh, because our church, and because they are blessed with the church building, so, so they can do more. Praise God, you know. Uh, but we shouldn't be limited by that as well. And so they say, oh, because we, we run a food bank out of our church, and people come and help themselves with supplies, and eventually they, they want to know more. But some of these people, uh, they, they, they just came out of prison. They just came out of, you know, different things. And some of them, you know, without revealing too much information, they basically alluded that some of them, uh, because of maybe whatever crimes they committed, are not allowed to be near children. So of course you'd be like, ooh, what kind of people? And so we decided to do another service because on Sundays we have children, so, but, but we still want them to have a place to gather. We still have, want them to have a place that they can hear the gospel, where they can ask questions. And so we decided to do like a, a, a noon, no, Wednesday, lunchtime, soup kitchen slash church service. And when I heard that, I go like, wow. That's, that's a church on the move. That's a church that's taking God's love out there. And of course, you know, immediately I'm thinking, God, how can we as Acts Church do the same? Because church is not about the building. Church is not about the pastors. Church is about everyone. Now, we might agree to come, and I pray that you agree to come every Sunday. It's good to come every Sunday and worship God. But we, do we, can we as a church agree to take Sunday into every day? Because that's what it means to be united with God's vision for His people, for His church. Amen? Whether we are, you know, when we are gathered like this, this is the church united. But Monday to Saturday, that's the church scattered. Scattered into the marketplace, scattered into the workplace, scattered into families and, and all over London, I pray that we will not just scatter, but we will bring, we'll be united even though, oh, I'm not here, but let me bring a bit of church. Let me bring a bit of the gospel. Let me bring a bit of prayer. Let me bring a bit of, of, of kindness to the people around us. Last, unity is being united with the Great Commission. I think that's pure and simple. Jesus said, I'm praying for you, but, but, but God, don't take them out of the world. Take them into the world. But I'm going to pray for protection over them. Do you know that if God has saved you, He has a purpose? You know, He does not play dice with the universe. That's not who God is. He doesn't just go, oh, what should I do today? Oh, who should I save today? Okay, let me roll the dice. Five people, okay, five people, from, no one from each random family. Okay, let's do this. No, no, no. God has a plan. The question we got to ask ourselves is this. Why, why, God? Why did you reveal the gospel to me not when I was 77, but when I was 17? It's not so that I can 
spend more time messing about, but so that I can spend more time proclaiming the good news. You see, the Great Commission is not just a missionary's responsibility, it is Jesus' heart. This is what Jesus spent his final hours praying on his knees, praying, God, unite them with your word, unite them with each other, and my vision for the church, and my vision for salvation, and unite them with the Great Commission. It's not an option, but it's an opt. Everybody should opt in and go into the world, make disciples of men. Are we even in agreement? That's another word for unity, being in agreement. Are we even in agreement that, that we need to be discipled? I know when we talk about the Great Commission, we think about making disciples, but to make disciples, you got to know what a disciple looks like. Are you a disciple? You know, are you allowing you know, your leaders in church to speak into your life? Or are you just easily offended? Do you welcome do you welcome their correction and rebuke? Because that's what Jesus did with his disciples. You think Jesus was easy on Peter all the time? You know? But Peter never go like, you know what, I'm going to change. No. Peter go like, sorry Lord. I repent God. Yeah, he ran away but he ran back in again. Discipleship is not just, God, I want to, you know, make other people more like you. It starts with, God, I want to be more like you. So to be more like you, I need to know you so I'm going to know your word. And I'm not, I don't need to know your word deep, I just need to live out your word. There's more power in living out one verse than to know the Bible cover to cover. Live it out. In fact, the early church didn't even have the Bible. Today we have, I don't know how many copies of Bibles you have at home, don't, I'm, you know, but let that be a hard check. Ooh, I've got Bibles to spare. The early church didn't even have the Bible. So what did they do? They listened and they lived it out. Love one another. Okay, let's just love one another. They didn't know which part of the Bible because it wasn't written yet. But they did it. And so this is three things, but I'm going to leave us with uh, three extra additional short bonus points. Is that okay? So now that we know what it is that God wants us to unite with Him in, and now that we know the power of unity, three things to make it work. Three things to combine both, right? It's not enough that you know the ingredients to make a cake is flour, butter, and eggs. You got to mix them up, right? Tell your neighbor, you got to mix it up. You got to mix it up, right? So now you got to mix up good unity. So this is how you mix it up. Number one, guard it. Unity is something that needs to be guarded. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 25, Jesus says, A house divided against itself cannot stand. Today we know this verse, we won't hear it from secular talk. Some people even think it came from Abraham Lincoln. No, it came from Jesus. And Jesus is saying that, look, you know, if you're united, truly united, nothing can come against you. True. Let me give you this example. If there was suddenly a mob outside a friend's house right now, right? People chanting and, and screaming and banging on drums, not for climate change, but for us to stop meeting as a church. Do you think you're going to stop doing it? No. You're going to be like, oh, come at me, bro. Come, oh, you, oh, you, you make some noise. Okay, we can make, you know. But because 
outside, external threats won't break a church. But internal division. How, how, how does a marriage break apart? When the husband and wife, when there's internal division. How, how do families break apart when there's internal division between children and, and parents or sibling and sibling? Gossip. Distrust. And the truth is this, God is saying that, look, if now you know how powerful unity is and these are things you've got to be united in, now just unite and don't let anything divide. You've got to guard it. You've got to guard it. The thing about unity is you've got to guard it. Second thing about unity, how to mix it up, you've got to grow it. You've got to grow it. Do you know that it's not easy to trust? but it takes faith to trust. It doesn't take faith to doubt. And yet, in the modern church, there's too much division, too much doubt, too much gossiping. There's not enough trust being given to each other. When you start trusting each other, it, it grows. You know, how do you grow more united when you learn to trust each other more? When you begin to open up your heart more. Let your guard down more. Don't come to church and, 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 and treat this like a, a consumer relationship. You know consumer relationship? When, when I go shopping, I don't always want to talk to the people who work there. I just want my space. You know, right? There's nothing wrong with this. This is just reality. How many of you actually like people hounding you? Like you're going into a shop, you know, let's say Apple or whatever, and then you're just browsing the, the new iPhone, whatever your views on the iPhone is, and then somebody comes behind you and go like, excuse me, sir, can I help you? And you'd be like, oh, I just, I just want to browse. And that's fine. That's fine if you're a consumer. But church is not a consumer location. This is not a, this is not a business place. Yeah, we do do business with God, but but we're here to let our hearts down, let our guards down and do life with each other. And we will grow more united, united with God's Word. You know, when was the last time you challenged each other about quiet time? When was the last time you asked each other, hey, have you, have, you know, uh, do you want to catch up so that we can, I don't know, talk Bible stuff? Or, or do you want to, you know, do you, do you need help? Uh, I got a good Bible reading plan. Do you, do you need help? Instead, we spend a lot of time, hey, have you watched this movie yet? Have you eaten that meal? Do you need a free discount code for Uber? If you enter in this code, you get 10 pounds, I get 10 pounds. When was the last time we... We're going to grow it. We're going to grow it. Will we learn to be each other's brothers and sisters keeper? Do you know it's really scary for... Not for me, but for... I can imagine people to get phone calls from their pastor. It's quite scary, right? Even me asking Crystal to come up here for me to bless her and, and, and pray for her, she's already like, <laughs> can you imagine if I call her <laughs> and go like, hey Crystal, didn't see you in church last Sunday. How are you? I'm not, not, not checking up on you at all. No, I'm really not. I'm, but I'm just no thinking. I just want to ask if there's anything I can pray for you. You know, Crystal would be like, ah, give me some space. Change church. No, no, no. no. She's still with us. Praise God. But would it be more powerful, a more beautiful, more complete version of Jesus' idea for a church if we 
call on each other and go like, hey, I didn't see you. How are you? Do you need help? Like, are you okay? Were you sick? Can I make you some soup? <gasps> Unity. Last but not least, we need to just go for it. Like I said, unity is not just about, oh, hopefully we'll get along. Uh, unity is something that we got to approach as one of God's command. And when God commands us to do something, whether it's the Great Commission or even unity or unity with the Great Commission, it's something that we have got to just go for it. You see, unity is not about all of us thinking alike. Unity is about us even though we can have independent thoughts coming together. How did Jesus pray? Father, make them one like we are one. Do you know that Jesus and the Father in heaven are two completely different people? If you don't know this, we can have another uh, a teaching after service on the Trinity, but they're not. When Jesus died on the cross, God was still enthroned in heaven. When Jesus was baptized, the heaven split open and God says that that's my son. That's my boy. And so this, they have distinct thoughts. And many times Jesus would say, oh, only the Father knows the timing in which you know, the end times will happen and etc. And so even though they had independent thoughts, Jesus submitted. See, unity is about different people coming together submitting to each other. A beautiful marriage is when two different people from different backgrounds come together and they submit to each other. A beautiful church is not when all of us, you know, to, you know all right, from today onwards to practice unity, church, we're all going to just dress black and we're all going to wear black caps. So every Sunday, we will all march into church at the same time and we won't march because marching is a sign of unity. Wearing black overalls and black caps and then we will walk. No, that's not what unity is. Unity is not uniformity, but unity is coming together and submitting to each other. Yeah, I, I might not, you know, oh, pastor, oh, good commission. I might not, oh, I'm not sure about, not sure about going out and, and sharing the gospel. I, I, not to say I don't want, but I don't know how. But I'm going to submit. I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to submit and say that, you know, I, I, might, I don't know how I feel about this, but one thing I know, this is from God. And if it is from God, I need to be united with it because in unity, there's blessing. In unity, there's provision. You know, do, do you know how powerful the picture of unity again? You know, one last example, and then we'll wrap for today. Jesus again prayed, God, make them one like, like you and I, like how we are one. In the first chapter of John, John describes in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And because the Word was with God, and the Word was God, in the beginning, if you go back to Genesis, in the beginning was also creation. Do you see how much power is unleashed? There is creation-level power, Big Bang-level power unleashed when there is perfect unity. And God is saying that if you would be united, you're going to see not just, oh, preaching the gospel, but preaching the gospel in signs and wonders. Because that's what 
Jesus wanted. Make them one. And then let your glory, go back read it. And as they are one, your glory will be revealed. And here we are thinking that, oh, I, want, if, if, I wonder if I can pray for someone, that some, someone's legs can grow back up, that glory will be revealed when we become united. Like how God is united. United in His Word, united in His church, united with God's heart cry to reach the lost. I pray that we will. Amen. I pray that we will not let Jesus' final prayer go to waste. And that we will be people who will step up and say, God, I'm going to do my part to make this happen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you uh, that we're able to come together. But Lord, we know that church is also not just about coming together for fellowship and for a laugh, for some activity. But we come together so that we can lift you up. So that when we lift you up, you will draw all men unto yourself. And so God, unity, even unity in worship of you, is so that more people can be reached. God, I pray that today, you will seal it within us, Lord, that unity is not a suggestion, it is a command from you. And Lord, help us today almost to relook and repent if we have to, the way we've been looking at your word and spending time with your word. Help us to love it. Help us to read it. Help us not just to go through life thinking that, oh, reading God 15 minutes a day is a good idea. Let this trivia not just be another piece of trivia in our minds, but let it be a new way of living so that we can be united with your power, united with your glory, united with you. God, we pray, Lord, that you make us as a church united, not just together, but Lord, individually when we step out. Maybe may we be united with the vision to bring change to this city, to bring the gospel to this city, to shine as as and, and to be salt and light in this city. God, we pray that as we go back, you would cause us to shine in the hospitals, you cause us to shine in the universities, you cause us to shine in the in, in, in the, the banking industry, in the legal industry, Lord, in, in, in everywhere that you place us, Lord. May we be united with your idea, your vision of what church is. And may we be united. May we not fight. May we not be afraid. May we not tolerate, but fully embrace the Great Commission. That, Lord, you save us not so that we can coast and and remain in our comfort zones. But you save us because there is someone we can reach. There is someone we need to reach. Lord, would you help us, Lord? Open up our eyes to the Great Commission. But Lord, would you also help us to open up our hearts to each other, to the leaders that have been placed upon us in church, to our home leaders, to our pastors, to, to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and we will be open to helping each other grow, checking each other to grow, to become more like you. Not less like you, but more like you. Because Lord, the world truly has not seen, or the world has not seen in a long time, what a church, what a community of faith that's truly united with you looks like. There is that picture. It's in the book of Acts. 
But Lord, may we not just be Acts Church in name only, but Lord, may we live it out here in the city for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.